Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. Now for this episode, it's a little bit different. Instead of speaking to one developer... I spoke to two. Uh, now, this uh, was originally uploaded live back in January for the Big Adventure event. Um, I spoke with uh, the great pleasure of speaking with uh, Pontus Wittenmark of Warm Kitten, developer of Justin Wack and uh, Big Time Hack, and the guys from Silvernode Studios, the developers of Nine More Lives. Uh, so, as I said, this was originally uploaded live back in January. Uh, but now it is uh, on the podcast, and we had a great discussion about their games and about their thoughts on adventure games in particular, about their thoughts on puzzles and gameplay and what makes a good adventure game and uh, the like, in their opinion, of course. And uh, and yeah, so uh, we also spoke about accessibility and how do we make uh, games and adventure games in particular more accessible. So... Yeah, so please enjoy my roundtable discussion with uh, Pontus Wittenmark and uh, guys uh, from Silvernote Studios. So I am joined by uh, not one, but two developers. Uh, joined by, uh, well, first of all, uh, William and Daniel from Silvernode Studios. Uh, they are working on Nine More Lives. So hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Hey, there. Doing good. Yeah, Daniel. Doing good. Yeah, now I think on the live stream, I don't know if you can see uh, Daniel. I know that you uh, haven't got to think a uh, webcam. <laughs> no, we're, we're, but you are there. He is here. He's <laughs> <laughs> here in voice that, form. <laughs> that Daniel is here uh, all the way from South Africa. Uh, so you guys were on the podcast before. Uh, I think we were talking, I think it was pre-COVID. Um, so... Nice. Um, so a lot has happened since then. <laughs> Crazy times, right? But we're we're all doing we're all doing okay at least. And I'm also joined by Pontus Wittenmark from Sweden, I believe. Yes. So thanks hello. for thanks for having us. Uh, thank you guys. These are, as I mentioned, the first um, live roundtable guests slash guinea pigs. <laughs> uh, we can see how, how this goes, but um, uh, you were working on, and I got the name right before recording, it's Justin Wack and the Big Time Hack. Boom. There you go. Justin wow. Wack and the Big Time Hack, yeah. Because uh, I don't know if uh, people might remember when we spoke last, it was, what, 157 years ago now, I think, <laughs> <laughs> before COVID. Um, I couldn't get the name of the game right, and then it just stuck with me. But um, I've been practicing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember a look of fear in your eyes uh, when you were going to mention my, <laughs> the title of the game when we actually met. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I mean, I look like that anyway, but uh, yeah, more so when I had to, because I was thinking, I'm, I know I'm going to get uh, the name wrong, but no <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so you're working, yeah, it's uh, mentioned, so Nine More Lies and, uh, and uh, Justin Wack and a Big Time Hack. So we're going to talk a little bit about your games, about, um, now we did speak in detail about your games. So if anybody wants to know in great 
in more detail about the games, you can check out the previous episodes. I will um, put try and put a link up at least in the description or in the show notes for the podcast. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about your game, see how you guys are getting on. I mean, obviously, real world events and COVID has happened since then. So I think we've all just been trying to survive since then. <laughs> and uh, don't have a discussion about adventure games in general. So, um, but uh, first I thought we can play a trailer for, for the games, for the video audience, at least for the videos. Uh, and for the audio, again, you can hear the games as well. Uh, so would you guys like to see trailers of your own games? <laughs> uh, it's been a while, so sure. it'll be good to see. So, well, first of all, Pontus, would you like to see a trailer of Nine More Lies? Absolutely. Well, I will see. It worked before. I will do my best to play the video, and hopefully it won't screw up. So, um, one second... Cats, cartels, and crime. Welcome to Meow Meow Furrington, a city that will just as soon claw your eyes out as lick your face. Explore the hangouts and high points of this feline fatopia. Discover characters both kooky and dangerous? Solve the mystery of a murder that threatens to spill into the city like an overturned saucer of milk and ignite a war between the powerful Montemue and Catulet families. And lick things like an overeager kitten in a new house. Lick first and meow questions later. Oh, and definitely solve that murder, too. You know, if there's time. Stretch your legs, clean your whiskers, and dive into nine noir lives. Enjoy a classic point-and-click adventure game full of humor, crazy characters and intriguing locations. Solve challenging puzzles and answer the immortal question, how many things need to be licked to solve a murder in this crummy town? Oh, do you guys see that okay? Yes. Yeah, good. Uh, great. Uh, Yes, uh, it's. I mean, as I told you guys before, it looks great, and uh, and I believe um, with the voice acting, I remember speaking with the voice acting. I don't know how you guys got Ryan Reynolds to voice the main <laughs> character. <laughs> A lot of money. <laughs> I, I actually okay. mentioned that to him at some point, and he thought that was just the funniest thing. <laughs> but but he knows. A lot of people have said, Lucas, you you sound exactly like Ryan Reynolds in certain. <laughs> so um, we'll we'll just send the credits say. Uh, you know, Lucas Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> well, uh, so he's the guy doing the the main, the, I mean, the cat himself. Yes, or like he, the main voices Cuddles Nutterbutter, uh, <laughs> PI, famous PI of Meow Meow Furrington. Yeah, because I actually checked out your demo earlier today, and uh, I, I was really like uh, amazed of how good the the voice acting was in general, but mm. him in particular was just amazing. I mean, so yeah, look, we really, could really go good. on for hours about our voice actors. We are so happy with the voice acting in the whole game. I mean, the demo obviously only shows three or four voices, but I mean, we've got some incredible voices coming in. I'm very keen to actually announce the voice actors, hopefully later this year, as we build up to our release date. But yeah, I mean, uh, Lucas, who did Cuddles, he 
has absolutely embodied that part. I mean, I told him when we finished recording right at the end, I said, this it's your best performance ever. Um, if he's previously done some very big roles, he was um, Zero in the Mega Man X uh, franchise, the anime of that, and a number of other roles. But I mean, I think this is the... This is just his best one to date, as far as I'm concerned. I absolutely love his performance. Yeah, well, judging from the demo, yeah. Sorry, William, go ahead. Well. His wife as well, Carol Ann. You know, she voices Tabby. And, um, you know, they, she's also done a great, a great job. But it's like Daniel says, you know, we're excited for people to hear the other voices because as great as they are, you know, the, the we, we have so many different characters uh, and each one is unique and and they also did a good job because they cast voices um, and they did the voice direction and stuff so no these guys they're amazing i mean they're like such super good friends uh, we've over the period we've become such good friends and, and that's what you want you know so it really shows in the product yeah definitely it's i mean the other thing from the demo at least i didn't know that tabby was his was his wife? Uh, well, mm. the, the actress. <laughs> yeah. Is she the exactly. is she the is she the receptionist we yes. meet at the beginning? Exactly. <laughs> and and she plays a, a much bigger role later in the game as as it goes on. Um, you know, you also get to control her at specific sequences. So you know, she's got a much bigger role. And you know, with the beta testing and and people giving feedback, she's sort of come out as a firm favorite. Um, so that's yeah. good. You know, I remember her. Like, yes. I Lots mean, out of all the, the out of all the games that I played uh, in the last two years, because I played a lot because I've been indoors a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I, I I remembered her. I remembered the, this time. I remembered her that it was quite funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I suppose it probably helps with their chemistry if they're husband and wife. Uh, you know, the, yeah, as you mentioned, exactly. they know each other and um, very very nice. Well, we shall discuss this game a little bit uh, more, a little bit in just a little bit. But also, we have Pontus Wittenmark, who you are working on. I'll say it again: Justin Wack and the Big Time Hack. <laughs> now that I know the, now I'm going to keep saying it. Um, but uh, until it gets annoying, well, it probably is annoying now. But um, uh, so, uh, well, William and Daniel, would you like to see a trailer for uh, well, Justin Wack, which I would yes. call it absolutely. Yeah. Yes, please. Um, and Pontus, would you like to see a trailer of your own game? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so here goes. Justin works as an IT support technician. He doesn't really like his work and is still madly in love with his ex-girlfriend, Julia. Today, following some microwave space-time tomfoolery, Justin is about to switch places with someone from the past. and the Big Time Hack, a story about time traveling, love, and scary looking robots. 
So you saw that okay? You saw <laughs> came out well. Uh, well, that was again uh, just a, just in whack and a big time hack. So um, now, it, uh, from judging from because I think I follow you as well on Instagram, uh, Pontus, and I believe you have made I think more progress than, than the last time we spoke. At least you have like more screens, and it seems to be uh, different parts of the game. That, yeah, oh yeah, that you have from Instagram. Yeah, the Instagram. It's interesting with the Instagram account. That's the one I. I, I didn't even have an Instagram until someone said, like, you got to have one. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay. And then I, like, added it. So every time I post to Twitter, I think, uh, you know, I can post to that one as well. Uh, so so I'm not really sure what's, what's there. I, I need to log in and check for sure. But, the, <laughs> <laughs> but if it's the same thing as I do on Twitter, yeah, I, I definitely have a lot more screens than when we talked last because that would be in... Uh, you know, we 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 met before the the uh, COVID days. COVID. So mm. so yeah. So in fact, the whole game is is done now. Like uh, all three oh, acts wow. are are done now. So it's uh, uh, it's ready. To, I had beta for Act One and beta for Act Two, and now it's time for beta for the whole uh, freaking game. So wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, well, thank you. It's, thank you very much. You've made great it, progress it, since then. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Maybe not if you measure it in time, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. if you measure it in screen, it's a great success in screens. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, uh, congrats at least on completing the beta, and we look forward to finding out more. Um, but now before we'll, we'll, go, we'll get back to you, but first of all, I um, uh, just wanted to check, uh, William and Dan, if you wanted to remind us, as I said, we did speak before in great detail about your game, and I will include uh, links to... Uh, to that interview, but I just wanted to know if you could remind us what is your game about? Uh, what is the general setup of um, Nine More Lives? Sure, it is. Um, it's set in Firth, in a town called Meow Meow Furrington, um, and there we meet. <laughs> that, that cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> we meet our um, titular character, N uh, Cuddles Nutterbutter, a private investigator with his uh, receptionist Tabby Marshmallow. And, um, you know, they are called out to a murder scene that happened at a local club, the Nitty Kitty Club. And um, then the story continues and, and Cuddles needs to find out um, uh, who killed the, 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 the victim. And then it escalates and there's a whole bunch of intrigue and locations and characters. And, you know, that's the sort of gist of it. So, so it's a comedy noir game it's it's a good time but it's got serious themes and you know it's, it's um it, it harkens back to the old games the old point and click classics that that we love so daniel i don't know if you maybe want to add more yeah i think that just about covers it yeah that's nine or lives yeah no it's uh I, it, as i said it it looks great and one of the things that i actually forgot until i saw the trailer again just now was the lick option the point and lick which <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's I, I, the world's first point and lick game we're very <laughs> proud of that years of research to get that technology <laughs> yeah. i think in in most settings most games might be considered a little bit inappropriate especially with covid um but you... <laughs> that's a good point uh covid ruins everything I know we can't lick each other. We can't lick doorknobs. We can't. So, um, space. <laughs> exactly. It could but, be a cool port for the uh, for the like a touch version for, 
playing on your mobile phone with your tongue could be an interesting. <laughs> Just look at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think you, you can, guys can get away with it because we play as a cat, so it makes sense. <laughs> and and to, to be fair, wild cuddles likes to lick things. Everyone else in the world isn't necessarily as enamored with him licking things as he is. So it's not like everyone in the world goes around licking things all the time. There will be some people that will be quite pointed in their commentary uh, to him if he licks things. We've, we've had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's it's not a normal thing in in the world of of Firth. You you don't go around licking things. Cuddles, he does, but that's a cuddles thing. <laughs> so it's a cuddles thing, not necessarily a cat thing. In uh, in the in that world, uh, okay. I mean, I remember from the demo now that you could lick, or you could have the option to at least try and lick uh, all the objects and the other characters as well. You get some every really funny hot spot, responses. Every single character is a, you can attempt to lick, and you'll get some sort of response. Wow. Yeah, good or bad, <laughs> just depends. <laughs> and and sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes you just gotta lick things, you know. Absolutely. You know, sometimes you just got to lick things. Uh, <laughs> is there any lick, licking in your game, Pontus? That's that. Wow, I never thought I'd ask that question. But uh, <laughs> uh, does the caveman mm, lick anything in the... There's very little licking going on in my game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, it's I an interesting uh, interaction, though. Something to consider. I, I've, I've seen... I've seen I, there was... Sniffing, uh, there was some, some game where you played like a dog and you could sniff things, I think. But licking is, uh, is uh, th that's one step further for sure. It's, it's a new one, all right. But, uh, you yeah. know, I just want to, you know, I, I can't wait to play the game Nine More Lies, mainly so I can just try and lick everything. Because, you know, it's like we do things in games that we would love to do in real life. And, you know, I would never do it in real life because it's weird. But, hey, I can do it in the game. So... Exactly. Uh, and how is development coming on the Nine More Lies since we last spoke? Um, has has COVID helped or has it hindered? Because uh, I know some people say that it's helped them. Others have said, no, actually, it's, it's made things, uh, you know, delayed a little bit. So uh, how have things been for you guys? Well, so I mean, half. We, half. Sorry. Yeah, the, the one thing to keep in mind is that we do it part time. So that that's already a bit of a, um, a factor. But um, it's... It's COVID, uh, there's been good development. Um, the game is fully playable. We have, um, most of our screens are colored, but the rest are black and white, but we're about 90% there. All the voice acting is in, um, you know, and that was a massive, massive uh, project. The one thing we did realize when we, um, we, we, we had to tweak one specific thing to make the characters come more to life, and that meant a lot of additional work and we just had to do it when we were playing it through we could see that the what we were seeing visually with the characters didn't quite match the quality of the the voice so we we had to but but we'll announce what we did later but that was just the crux of it we had to i, I had to make that call because i didn't want to compromise on the quality and the experience and it is transformative you know it, it really brings the the audio to life so that's added additional time but mm. um you know, work-wise, we have a lot of other stuff going on so that there has been an impact on the game development. But we're so close, and that's the thing. You know, I, I can see it. You know, we, <laughs> we just need to push through, and, and we're almost there. You know, it's, it's um, when you play the beta, you'll, you'll see. It's, uh, it's almost there. It's just pushing through and getting it done. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it must be exciting that you're nearly at the end 
that you can <laughs> it's, <laughs> after it's all this work exciting half exhausting because i mean at this point it's been five years you know yeah. five years of this and it's wow. been it's been i mean it's consumed william's life i came onto the project a year or two into it and um but i mean for him it's been just this massive labor of love for five years and like you yeah. said it's part-time so i mean it's the stress of work and family and COVID and everything and on the side the just the mountain that is game development and i mean we've chipped away at it and there's just this little little bit left and we can finish that and we can release <laughs> it and see people enjoying this thing that we know they're gonna love it's just yeah it's, it feels good yeah well i i can't wait uh to pl to play it and um and i know that you might not be able to answer at the moment but is there any um do you have any release date or time period uh, any quarter that you're hoping to release it or when it's ready <laughs> probably probably first second third or fourth quarter of a year it will probably release somewhere that's like when it's ready of basically a, yeah we'll find a quarter of a year and we'll probably release it then yeah I mean, that sounds <laughs> we 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 really want to release it this year and if all goes according to plan it will uh but if life happens then it will be the first quarter of next year but it mm. is pretty much there we just need to, I just don't want to compromise on the quality. And that's, of course, thing. you know, we, we, we made the decision, we made the hard decision to incorporate these new things to really bring the dialogue and stuff to life. And the impact of that is, is it's a lot more work, but you know, uh, what's it saying from uh, Nintendo, you know, you, you only get a, one chance to make a good game, you know, you can delay it and make sure it is good or you can release it and it's bad, you know? So we just want to polish it and just have it be perfect because it's a labor of love, you know? It's been such a long road. There's no sense in just, you know, compromising now and just getting it out the door because that defeats what we've been working for, you know, just to, to give this to the world and have other people enjoy it the way we enjoy it. You know, we, we, we sometimes, uh, you know, I mean, the other day we, we uh, Daniel said something like a quote, like, and, and I was like, where's that from? And he was like, no, I, I don't know, TV show. And then we realized it's from our own game, you know? So <laughs> that, that's super nice when that happens. I'm like, no way, you're right. That's from our game. So oh, that's great. I think, I think a lot of people will enjoy it. And it, it'll, it'll help, it, it'll make life a bit easier for the, 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 hours that they play the game because it's it's just so much fun it's just it's a good mm. time and that's what we wanted to to give the world and we we need that right now with the last absolutely. couple of years in particular yeah, um, absolutely so well we will cover it when it's when it's released um so we will and we'll be talking more about it again in uh, the next few minutes but um now K kieran in the chat hello kieran we uh, has a question i'll get to that question in just a bit but first pontus i haven't forgotten about you um we saw a trailer for your game just in whack and um so we also spoke many well many years ago now so uh for just to remind people um what's what is your game about what is the setup we saw naked caveman in the trailer <laughs> so, right yeah okay so what can you tell us about your game <laughs> Uh, well, the game is, um, it's basically, it's very much a, a love letter to the early LucasArts game, LucasFilm games. Uh, so, uh, as the trailer said, there's time traveling involved and there's uh, tons of uh, scary looking robots. S uh, not super scary, like uh, kind of cheesy looking robots. And uh, But, but at, at the heart of it, it's a love story between Justin and Julia. And uh, basically, uh, there's a also 
an accidental time travel thing that goes on, which leads uh, Justin to swap places with a caveman who lives back in the uh, Stone Age, uh, as cavemen usually do. <laughs> Only this uh, <laughs> Stone Age is uh, also inhabited by dinosaurs, it turns out. Wow. So, uh, yeah. And uh, so, and the dinosaurs, there's a kind of a creepy uh, vibe where the, it feels like the dinosaurs is really taking care of the cavemen, like they're, uh, uh, they're, they're like their little children, but really at nighttime, maybe they're actually eating them. So, uh, so, so it, it's, uh, it's kind of a, the tone in the game is uh, kind of a bizarre humor, uh, but the, the, the puzzles are, I would say, uh, they're all, you know, pretty logical, but with a with a humorous twist uh, is at least uh, what I'm trying to do. Uh, so not too much moon logic, but um, there's definitely you know a narrative going on in the background as well. Because as these uh, as our players, because it's a multiple, you know, you switch between uh, at least in end act three, you get all three players. Uh, so there's a lot of you know while you do stuff there's like a meanwhile cutscene and you see these uh, these agents robot robotic agents uh, cooking up uh, stuff to to uh, to to hunt down all the travelers. So yeah, something like that. It, it, it's a love story and it's a time traveling story and uh, it's uh, uh, basically. A, a, an excuse to have fun uh, cutscenes with robots and uh, uh, an interesting dialogues with uh, not so smart uh, dystopic AI uh, agents, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Again, sounds very kind of original. Uh, I remember I really enjoyed a demo, and uh, I was able to think to get through. And I don't think I asked you for help. I mean, I'm not great at puzzles, but I think I was able to get through the puzzles myself. So, I think um, you did, yeah. I, I said I said to think about it, but if I could, if I have to think about it and still can do them myself, then I think okay, they're kind of good puzzles. They're well designed because uh, if I can do them, then <laughs> then there mustn't be too much moon logic. In it then. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm, I'm the same way that uh, I, I love these types of games, but I, I was never very, you know, good at solving <laughs> the puzzles. <laughs> oh, I, I can definitely relate. You know, I was I, one of these people who does look for hints in a walkthrough if I get stuck. Uh, I know to some people, you know, it might be, uh, they might be like, no, that's you're ruining it. And yeah, I mean, I prefer not to use them. But uh, your game, I think I remember, I was able to, I had to think, but I was able to get through it as well. So, uh, but I really, really enjoyed it. And how has the development come on since, um, since we last spoke uh, before COVID? Have, uh, do you have any, um, any release date or time period uh, or time zone, or I don't know, decade? Uh, <laughs> that you yeah. like, do you plan on releasing it? Yes, I think uh, it's definitely looking as, you know, <sighs> I, I put on I put up on Steam that uh, I actually like late uh, spring, early summer at the latest. The things should be actually done. Uh, so I, 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 that's what I'm saying now. Let's let's uh, let's hope for the best. <laughs> well, again, when it's when, when it's ready, when it's yeah, uh, it's, it, sure. it's really when it's ready. But but uh, of course, it's it's been a sliding schedule. You know, like mm. yeah, that's always been been pushing forwards, but. But um, 
you know, recently I, I did finish the last act and the first and the second act is fairly well tested. So now uh, with, with like the full beta, uh, I will have the whole, the whole dang thing tested. So, uh, but, but uh, I have yet to do, you know, like the voice acting, the recordings of the voice acting and after that, the translations and stuff. So, but um uh, so there's still uh, stuff that could uh, could uh, go could explode, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course uh, you know tons of bugs that might show up, uh, but uh, uh, we'll see. But yeah, but that's what I'm aiming for. Okay. So yeah. Well, I look forward to to playing it as well whenever it's released, whenever it's ready. Um, so I mean, because we don't want another cyberpunk with either the games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. cyberpunk situation um so so yeah but no that that is great and um uh so now I'll get to kieran's question uh so in the chat he says i've noticed a big resurgence in comedy games so this is now about uh games in general so i've noticed a big resurgence in comedy games do you guys think what the players want from games has changed to stuff that's more bright and funny now i know you guys were working on your games before covid but what do you think about this do you think that people might want uh, games that are more bright and funny nowadays rather than you know something that's dark and depressing and miserable because we're all living maybe through it. Um, I can start maybe with William and, and Daniel. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this. Uh, I have many thoughts on that. I think you're exactly right. <laughs> because, I mean, COVID is just the latest in a long string of just, you know, stuff that's made the world a, a difficult place to be in the last decade, 15 years or whatever. And I mean, I think it's not necessarily that even that players asked for funny games and therefore people began developing funny games. Developers felt oppressed by the world and wanted to make something to relieve their own, you know, sense of doom or whatever it may be. Produced funny games. People discovered, oh, funny games, exactly what I need. And I mean, I think there is absolutely a, a, a much bigger market for, I mean, games are escapism, right? And I mean, escaping from the world as it is now it doesn't mean it necessarily going into a blade runner-esque world as your escapism because then it's like well this feels a bit too close to reality right now you want something that's very distinct from that and that you get that cartoony look and you get the comedy aspect and you know all of that i also wonder if it's not cyclical you know because when i see a um you know a modern shooter you know gray corridors running around you know a sergeant's yelling at you to take point or you know not to be a rookie or you know to lick his boot or whatever and i'm like i i just don't have the energy for this so i wonder if it's also not cyclical you know i life is is tough for people and you know you want to laugh you want to because i mean laughter immediately it's like a physiological thing you know it releases you know endorphins and it makes you you know, it, it uh, reduces stress. And I think people are just, uh, I think it's time for that. You know, when, when the original games came out, Monkey Island and all those sort of games that had a lot of humor in it and, and good stuff. So, you know, maybe maybe that's another thing. Maybe it's a cyclical, I don't know. But for us, uh, you know, when uh, it's just something that we really felt. Because originally the game was quite different. It was quite more noir and dark. But then as the, the story took on life and the characters and the world, we realized there's so much more fun we can have with it. And, you know, it, it, the project just got its own steam, um, you know, in a sense. So uh, I would say that's my take on it. 
Yeah, and uh, Pontus, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't really know. I, I don't really think in terms of like uh, uh, what people would want. Like that. It's it's almost like um, the, this genre is so, in my mind, so tightly coupled with with like uh, comedy. You know, from from those Lucasfilm games, and even the Sierra games was kind of it, though a lot stiffer in tone. You know, mm. it was still kind of like a, you know, humor going on. So, uh, I don't know. For me, it's it's always been like the natural thing to do for 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 this type of adventure games to have quirkiness, some sort of quirkiness in them. So, I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's hard for me to I- imagine like uh, writing for for these kinds of stories that uh, if it, if they would be you know devoid of, of of humor. So, but yeah, probably you know like uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's more in demand a bit you know like humorous games during these these days. But I'm not sure. Mm. It's more like. Uh, I haven't really thought about like uh, connecting it with with that. It's more like it, it's hard for me to imagine a very serious, which would be, uh, what would be a very serious uh, point and click adventure? Ooh. Oh, I mean, I'm sure Siberia I could. Siberia maybe was kind of serious. Yeah, there's Siberia, there's the longest, uh, Gabriel Knight as well. And and mm. yet there there are moments of humor in those yeah. games. All of them, but I then, think, I have. I wouldn't some. call them a comedy game necessarily. Exactly, no, that's they're, true. they're definitely that's not true. a comedy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the comedy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, I mean, yeah, that could. I mean, I, I would nearly play that, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it is. It does have some very, you know, more very dark, you know, supernatural game, and um, yeah, then of course, Broken Sword has a serious storyline, but it has lots of uh, comedy as well. Yeah, there's gags there for sure. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, no, de- definitely. And then now you mentioned as well, um, I think with LucasArts and Sierra that uh, that you know many people still reference and love as well, and uh, classic you know comedy adventures. Even their LucasArts are not Lucas um, Sierra's a more serious game because I just finished playing the Colonel's Bequest, the first Laura Bow game. And it is kind of serious, but it's also kind of humorous. Like when you die, it's funny. (laughs) 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 But um, what now that you guys are making your own comedy games, uh, I don't know. Do you guys feel any added pressure? Like, do you think that people are going to uh, compare your games to LucasArts and Sierra? I mean, I don't think they should. I think every game is should be different. And also, times have moved on. Times have changed. But what do you guys, you know, think? Is it because maybe of the LucasArts Sierra comedy games that you guys want to make a comedy game, uh, or what? What do you think about that as well? Um, was a good start again with William and Daniel. If that question makes sense. Mm. Yeah, look, I mean, I think no one can deny that those Lucas LucasArts era games loom large over the entire genre. So it's it's almost impossible to make one and not be compared to them unless it is very clearly neither comedy nor picking up items and using verbs. If it's not that sort of game, you have you have to be vastly different from them to not be compared to them. And there is some pressure there, which as you say is 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 not really deserved because I mm. mean each game should be evaluated on its own merits. But um, I mean, Pontus makes a good point that 
because of the shadow those originals cast on the genre, comedy is almost inevitable, I guess, in many of the games. Um, and it's it's a bit easier for the adventure genre, I think, compared to comedy games in general. Because, I mean, I'm thinking of other games that I think are funny. For example, Borderlands 1, or let's say Borderlands 2, which is objectively the best one. Um, it's it's completely zany and off the wall and insane, but there's a good amount of comedy there in amidst all of the sci-fi insanity, you know. Um, and they managed to weave in the best villain in all of video game history at the same time, so kudos to them. Um, but they didn't have... I mean, before them, I can't really think of a shooter. I mean, there was, I guess, what was that one from um, Epic years ago? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, point being that because there's so many old comedy adventure games, if you want to make one of your own, you can go and look at them to see how they did it and kind of teach yourself the basics of comedy because comedy is not something that comes naturally to everyone. And those games have quite good comedy. I, mean, I mean, obviously the comedy is good, but I mean that the, the way they do their comedy is good. It's not just slapstick. It's not just, you know, pop culture references. It's intelligent, thought-out jokes that build on each other and come together after a while unexpectedly. And it's, it's well-designed comedy. So if you want to make an adventure game and you want to make it funny, you can go look at what they did and, you know, produce a facsimile without having to work as hard as if you were trying to make something that you had no prior knowledge of, like an adventure game with no comedy that was, I don't know, something entirely original, you know. But I think also, you know, we, we didn't really, for what we did, we, we didn't really overthink it, you know. The, the criteria was, does it make, do we laugh? And <laughs> that, if, if it made us laugh, we put it in. Because at the end of the day, you know, we don't have a publisher. We don't have anybody beholden financially. We, we're doing it on our own. So there's some crazy stuff in there. We're like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Let, let this happen. Why not? We can. You know, no one's going to tell me I can't do it. I can do it. And we do it. And that's why we enjoy it. So some people might really, um, the, the comedy might resonate with them. Uh, others might, might not. And that's perfectly fine. You know, it's it's at the end of the it's like when we talk about it, we still laugh. To to this day, we would talk about something, and you know, that's that's just how it is. And I think that's the quality, and that's the aim for us at least with that. So we didn't really overthink it in that sense. Yeah, just just on uh, before we get to you, Pontus, on Daniel's point, Kieran in the chat says, "I never knew that Chuck was in Borderlands." <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've never played Borderlands, but uh, I've I I played to check the out Telltale game. Yeah, I played. Is, is it uh, is it uh, Jack? Do you mean Daniel? Handsome Jack, yeah. Handsome Jack. Yeah, he was in Tales Jack. of Bo on Tales of Borderlands, he's, a game which I love. He's in everything now because they realize <laughs> that they struck gold with that character, and they're going to recycle him until the sun goes dark. <laughs> it's a bit of a shame that they can't just come up with something fresh and new. I mean, they mm. they kind of tried it with Borderlands Three, which was very okay. I mean, it just mm. it just wasn't the same. But anyway, yeah. Oh well. Um, but yeah, and uh, and then Pontus, uh, what 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 do you think about? Can't remember exactly what the question was, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess uh, uh, yeah. Well, what was it like? Uh, uh, humor in games and uh, and uh, I, I think compared to I think the humor in because you you mentioned actually that your games a lot you know um, you know with uh, Lucas Art and you know Sierra games as well of old. Do you feel any added 
pressure mm-hmm. that your game might be compared to those games like oh it's not monkey island so it's uh, um, uh, well what, what think- is your what are your thoughts on this yeah, no, I recognize uh, very much the same as, as William and Daniel. Uh, like, uh, it's the same kind of thing. There's no publisher involved. There's no, uh, like, boundaries put like that. So, so you know, it could, could, it could go, you know, you could do very much what you want, which is really fun. And I think, you know, since it's all so dialogue-driven, these types of games, uh, you know my game and uh, your your guys game it's it's hard you know humor is such a big part of of what you can do it's such an interesting spice to 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 to, to written dialogue so it's like it's very very hard not to go there and and when it comes to being compared to to the classics i think uh, like yeah that that's that, that's what's going to happen to 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 this type of games mm-hmm. like uh, it's uh, it is a bit um, uh, there, there's, you know, a, a certain aspect or, or kind of a big part of nostalgia to these, this, the whole genre, uh, you know, and it's a certain point that will disappear, you know, as 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 we all get older, <laughs> new players take over. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think it's um, uh, hopefully th- things will happen and that uh, like takes, uh, you know, that, so that will be there will be new classics. Uh, you know, like so, so that we all won't get compared to Monkey Island, as awesome as it is. It's like, uh, uh, you know, there are there have been games that are like, you know, like fantastic in in various uh, directions or in various fields that that uh, I think uh, surpasses the old stuff. Uh, but uh, but everything has to absolutely be that you know in, in in its time. You know, like it was very innovative for its its time, like. Uh, so, so I'm not necessarily uh, afraid of, of that comparison. You know, you, you can never win against nostalgia, you know. <laughs> Whatever you do, it's like if Paul McCartney would release his best album today, you know, it would, uh, it would never, uh, we would never, no one would, would pay it that much mind that it, no one would expect it to be half as good as anything he did back in the day, you know, which is sad, but uh, uh Yes, so in in some ways it's actually kind of um, it would in, in some ways it would be harder, you know, uh, like uh, if uh, if you actually worked on those uh, like like when uh, when Ron Gilbert does stuff, you know that I imagine the pressure is on, <laughs> you know, for, for people like uh, uh, like uh, like me or us here, it's like. Uh, uh, it, it, it's kind of I think we have we have a lot uh, we have a clean slate to just pick what we want from you know mm. the modern type of adventure games and the uh, the classics yeah to see 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 what works see what doesn't um but I definitely agree that lately there have been some games I think they're nearly better than what they were released back uh, in, in the classic area um but also I think you know t- times have moved on because um uh, maybe not necessarily with those games, but some, I think, comedy references back then in the 80s and 90s. And nowadays, you might look at them and go, oh, maybe uh, that wasn't uh, very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. 
Uh, like for example, Friends. Like I love Friends, and I grew up watching. But now I'm like, oh wow, this is. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure this would be appropriate. <laughs> I was I was watching exactly the same as you. I was watching an app, and I was like, wait, this isn't this isn't cricket. You can't you can't do that anymore. <laughs> so yes, things age poorly, and times change. Yeah, definitely. Add, sorry, just to add one thing to what Pontus mentioned about you know. Um, I think part of the reason that games are still being compared to those old games is because there was a period where adventure gaming wasn't really happening. Like the classics came out and then there was all the, the buyouts and the shuffling and everything. And then there's kind of been a bit of a drought and the resurgence is a relatively new thing compared to how much time has passed mm. since the classics. So it's it's more that in people's minds, those are still the games. There haven't been there hasn't been a constant stream of them since then to to replace it in their minds those are still the high watermarks and that's why only now perhaps are we starting to see games that people are saying oh this is even better than that or whatever maybe because you know i can solve the puzzles without having to google everything every five minutes or whatever the case may be and i think that's partly why it's only now that we're starting to see the games really start to say hey, look i'm an adventure game but i'm going to try a whole bunch of new things and i'm going to do this and that and break break form as it were with the old ranks and people people love it anyway you know that's a great point yeah totally i didn't think about that it, it's like it was maybe the biggest genre ever you know like in the 90s mm. and then you know at least uh, yeah a lot of silence as far as i know <laughs> and then I mean, I'm, suddenly I'm this happened too yeah but there wasn't there yeah. wasn't the multi-annual releases uh, like you said the blockbusters of, of their day mm. it just fell it just fell away it was nothing was, was it maybe the 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 FPS world took over. That, yeah, 3D became a thing, and obviously 2D yeah. couldn't hold up to that for a while. But also, the companies that held the licenses just decided to stop making them. And yeah, right. The, I guess it just wasn't prof profitable. But also, Telltale Game, Telltale Games had all you know a lot of success with with you know definitely sort of adventure game, game but yeah, definitely yeah, okay. a different type of of games that then compared to what we're we're talking about here. Yeah, that's a great point because there were some games. I mean, that was when uh, at least people say the adventure genre died or adventure games died. Now, there were still games being made in, I think, mainly in Europe um, because that was when LucasArts and Sierra, um, well, well, they changed at least. Uh, Sierra games went to Activision and LucasArts then just started making Star Wars games. Um, and yeah, there was certainly a lot fewer adventure games and then there's been this resurgence as, as you mentioned i think um it was in the 2010s after 2020 with that the adventure genre kind of changed because before they were kind of like 2d point and click kind of more static games as well which um and now with telltale with the walking dead it kind of brought adventure games back to the map um i know we discussed this a little bit in a pre-recording but about the games and about the puzzles and the, the gameplay um what, what are you guys because it's still a debate you know i still see on facebook and online people still insist that adventure games have to have puzzles and that they want to be stuck for hours or days on a puzzle and that games aren't like that anymore um so again what are your what are your thoughts do should adventure games still have these challenging puzzles or can there be different kinds uh, of puzzles um i don't well, well, well daniel i believe you have some thoughts <laughs> on this <laughs> as it happens i do uh, william and i actually talk about this quite often um and 
because he he played every single adventure game there was back then about 50 times it was his thing and lucky guy <laughs> and i mean it the thing they shared with common games especially like mmos is value a, a value for money as it were they they gave you a game that was going to keep you busy for weeks and they did that at the time partly by making insanely difficult puzzles that you wouldn't solve for weeks you know just to interject here quickly broken sword that goat puzzle that was one of those that just it haunts me to this day sorry daniel go ahead yeah. but i mean i i i don't i mean genres are a handy tool for categorizing things but by no means do i think they should be the a hard line that defines any any game. I mean, a game can be whatever mishmash of genre names the the creator wishes it to be. He can call it whatever he chooses it to be. Players can then judge themselves as they so wish. So, an adventure game is an adventure game if his creator says it is, and if players play it and they're like, yeah, it's kind of like an adventure game. Puzzles are something that adventure games have had in the past, but it doesn't necessarily, I would say, define them. Um, it's it's just something that you put into a game to create because adventure games in many respects are an evolution of the um, choose your own adventure book trope, you know, and puzzles are just a way of making it so that you don't just blast through the whole thing like uh, a modern visual novel where you don't make choices, you're just letting a thing play out. And the puzzles give you the gameplay within that separate from simply talking to people and, you know, laughing at that sort of comedy. So yeah, I mean, I mean, and you can also have puzzles that are barely puzzles. So like, oh, you need to pick this thing up and put it there. And it's super clearly marked and it takes you 15 seconds. <laughs> or you can have the classic logic puzzles on the wall that you need, you know, a PhD to solve sort of thing. I mean, there, there's such, a, <laughs> it's just such a big range that I think it's foolish for anyone to say, oh, you must have puzzles. I, I think it's too far too limiting for the genre to, to expect that and that alone as the defining attribute. Because yeah. I also think the the accessibility is an issue, and you know that's the thing. You know, people don't really have time anymore, or they don't not willing to invest in something. You know, getting stuck and it's frustrating for hours on end. So I wouldn't say that it is. Uh, it's it's mandatory. It's just it's it because uh, you have to choose your battles in that sense because. The nostalgia part or the part I remember is that that moment of clarity where I'm like, oh, you know, if I do have A and I do B, could it possibly be this? And it turned out to be that. And it's that moment where you go, oh, this is brilliant. And that's sort of one part that I think is alluring. But on the other side, it's, it's just so challenging because you can frustrate a player so quickly and so easily, um, you know, that and that I think that's very specific to point and click adventure games, you know, people it's it's a tough it's a tough gameplay uh, structure or approach you know but for me for us at least we, we try and be fair with the puzzles but you know if it's it, you know you have the you have the interactions uh, you you have the dialogue if you don't add puzzles it's a narrative experience purely which is a different type of genre mm. in its own you know so it feels like if i remove that part then something is a bit lacking um, for me in what I present, but you know, that's, that's just how I, how I see what I want to do, but I don't think it has a bearing on anything else really. This is why I feel that the trick is not to take something away is to put something in. And that thing being that story mode that we briefly discussed before the stream, where you can 
have puzzles and then you can make them as arbitrarily complex as you like because you can tell the player, look, if, if you can't solve it, it's perfectly fine. I've put in a system, which means it's, you know, developer approved, you're not cheating, the developer says you can do this sort of thing, that will give you either the answer or as close to the answer as makes no difference to let you get past this tricky part. And I mean, there's any number of implementations of that sort of thing, but so many games doing it these days, and I think it's because they realize it's, it, it's just a fantastic way to increase your audience for free, basically. Well, not for free, you've got to develop the feature. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pontus, what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, before I interject, what are your thoughts on this as a game? Because I remember there are definitely puzzles in your demo, but as I, as I said at the beginning, I was able to, so I had to think, but I was able to solve them by myself. Um, right. So what, what are your thoughts on puzzles in adventure games and how challenging they should be, or I don't know, frustrating, or how, what, what are your thoughts and how uh, you know you went about making yeah. or adding them to your game well uh, uh, so for me it's it, it's it's a very interesting topic and I, I thought long and hard about like could I could I do something else without puzzles like is and what what would be but it, it's very close if you uh, as mentioned I don't remember if it was William or, or, or uh, Daniel who mentioned this like 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 if you don't have puzzles it's more of a visual novel really it's more like a walk simulator in 2d <laughs> so we need something uh to you know it needs to be a game i think in order for for me to to feel good about uh for me to feel that it's interesting enough so uh but it is an interesting like problem because we all hate being stuck right but we also uh or or do we really i i remember i played the uh, uh what was it called the, i think the most beautiful adventure game ever the the gibbous game oh yes yes uh so so uh, such a beautiful game and i remember when i got stuck the first time i got stuck because I remember it it, fold, it unfolded very like naturally and a, a bit too simple in the beginning. And when I got stuck the first time, then I like, oh yeah, this is a good place to be. And finally I'm, I'm, I'm stuck for real. Uh, and I liked it. Like I, I enjoyed like, okay, now I have to like uh, to sit back and think a bit. You know, so so there's a balance there because, you know, I think the the length of time you are enjoying being stuck is definitely shrinking. You know, back in the '90s we were mm. bored. <laughs> we were bored all the time. <laughs> being stuck on a on a on a game was like, this is fun. We have we have graphics something to, to do while yeah. being bored. Yeah, something to listen to. You know, like <laughs> no yeah. no phones, no Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah. no, some some interesting points because on your point, uh, Daniel, the new Ace Attorney Chronicles game on Nintendo DS, which I am currently playing. Uh, now it is more or less a visual novel. I think there is a lot of dialogue, and every so often you have to show. I think uh, some evidence or show some uh, that there are some contradictions in the testimony, uh, but there is there is an option in the game that you can have story mode that you don't need to 
solve those puzzles yourself. If you just want to watch the game played as a story, you can do that. And now, right. as, as mentioning Pontus, I prefer some element of challenge, maybe not too much of a challenge, because <laughs> I do like to enjoy the game as well. But I didn't choose that because I'm like, oh no, it, I want some sort of of mm. gameplay as well. But it's uh, no, it's some very interesting. It's it's yeah, exactly. It's a very it's a fine line, and it's very individual where that where you cross that. I think, mm. and uh, mostly, uh, at least, I, I think. Um, most of us making these games grew up playing the old games. So maybe in our minds, we expect people to have more time or more mm. patience than, than maybe they actually do. But uh, I think um, I remember playing Broken Sword 2, I think it was. And it had, uh, because it's interesting, in, in, when I was a kid, that, that game wasn't, uh, I played that, you know, five years ago for the first time. Wow! Uh, in Sweden, uh, or at least the, the people I hung out with, we had never heard of that game. But I was—I I fell in love with it. Uh, okay, so so there they had like this built-in uh, system, like when you get stuck, like ask for a hint and stuff. And I found that to be like okay, that I have to implement that into to my game because I felt that was so much better uh, compared to like switching over to you know like a walkthrough or something where, where you really are cheating you know leaving the actual experience mm. uh, so so, uh, so i felt that might be a really maybe maybe the because I, I that's what i see as the biggest problem with this genre when it's all uh, story driven and you get stuck and so you can't progress beyond that point it's like uh, okay i have to it, it it when you pass the hmm, it's nice being stuck and get to the it's really frustrating being stuck phase then it's like uh, if i can stay in the game and get unstuck mm. i feel a lot better about it yeah that's that's a great point i think you might that leads me to it because i was also asking other developers about accessibility and i know we were having this chat uh daniel with other people in the in the in the discord uh which got a bit it wasn't bad but it got a little bit uh not it heated was interesting it was interesting, very interesting yeah. uh, with different with different points of view yeah so um, against it i was i was quite surprised i i mean yeah. i would have thought that modern all modern developers i mean look i'm <laughs> i'm not a game developer by any means and i'm really oh, you're I'm making really a game <laughs> yeah but it, it's, it happened by accident i woke up one day i was making a game i didn't plan for it but um <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of like me with the podcast <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean i'm 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 only somewhat involved in the community i just don't have the time to be i'm not a full-time mm. game dev so when i see these people who to me and these people meaning literally anyone else making a game basically i don't know everyone's situation but everyone else seems like a professional game dev to me you know and so when i see them taking these hard stances and i sort of quietly think to myself oh no have, have, have we done the wrong thing you know is have i misread the, the the zeitgeist of gaming have we actually made some faux pas and everyone's gonna say oh a game with accessibility oh ho, ho, ho. what <laughs> what foolishness this is or something like that so um but yeah i mean we just keep coming back to well we just have to trust what we want to do and stick with that you know and, yeah. trust your instincts because but but yeah sorry i went off a bit off off track a bit there the accessibility thing is is it's super interesting because each genre has its own needs for accessibility. I mean, a game, I mean, our game has 120,000 words. So 
someone who can't, uh, I don't know, here, for example, is going to have to read a lot, a hell of a lot, for example. <laughs> but obviously, there's no quick fix for that sort of thing. But then another game that's very motion oriented, I mean, they've got their own challenges, you know, in terms of people with slower reflexes and, and um, mm. um, whatever. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's something game devs need to, and are in, from what I can tell from the, from, from articles and stuff is companies are embracing these challenges and providing options, which is, which is great. Yeah, it's, um, uh, you know, again, about the accessibility and about what you mentioned, Pontus, about the in-game hint system. And I know we've spoken about, uh, you know, other options about having um, a hotspot finder and uh, just different things. And I suppose the argument against these um, from people that I've, uh, you know, some people have spoken to, some people I know, is that they say, if we do have an, if there is an in-game hint system or through the hotspot finder, it takes away the challenge. And then if it's, especially if it's obtrusive, that it kind of like, it's too tempting. And that people then, you know, that they want to resolve the puzzle, but it's kind of like a flashing light, like hint, 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 hint. They're like, I have to click on this. And it's, oh, I could have worked it out by myself. And then the hotspot finder. Now, my own opinion is that if, um, if it's unobtrusive and it's optional, that maybe you can click it on or off in the main menu or, or something. I don't think there'll be any drawbacks, you know, because you can click to have it or not. Um, but I suppose, um, well, I suppose with your in-game hint system, Pontus, uh, how are you including that? Are you, is this in the game itself? Are you trying to put this into the story or this in the main menu or how are you looking to implement it? Uh, I did it in the main menu. So basically in the, if you just, you know, click uh, options or, or, the, or like S escape or anything in, in that like, like pause menu, there's like a, a hint chat and then an NPC comes up uh, called Dela, who is, was a backer of the Kickstarter campaign. So she's one of the NPC tier backers. And uh, uh, and basically I took the, uh, your, based on the to-do list of your players, uh, she says like, okay, like you, so you can ask her like, okay, I'm kind of stuck. Do you have a hint for me? Or you can actually opt out of it and say, this is cheating. Don't speak to me. <laughs> Don't speak to me again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so basically, you get like if you ask her what do you want to 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 have a chat about, you have like the options of your to do. So based on that, uh, she says something uh, more or less, uh, uh, you know, helpful. Uh, so uh, yes, so so I guess it's um, in that game that I mentioned that I I got this idea from the. Uh, the Broken Sword 2 game, they had actually three levels of mm. it. Like, I want to ask, I'm stuck on this topic and I want uh, like a vague hint or like a semi-clear hint or like the solution. Like, yeah. So, so, so they, they really took it, uh, took it all the way. In, in Beyond the Steel Sky, it was, it was similar. It was in the main menu, which for me was unobtrusive. Um, and I think it worked really well. Um, and how did you, you know, about implementing it as well, because I've heard from other game developers and venture game developers that it can be difficult to implement because especially if there's non-linearity uh, in the game, it can be difficult to know which point the player is at, you know, which puzzle there they need help with or which part of the game need help with. So did you do anything to, um, you know, did, did this come into your mind when you were implementing the hint system? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a nightmare. 
<laughs> Fair enough. So yeah. I think I can see why a lot of developers don't yeah. want to implement it because, yeah. as you say, it's a nightmare. But I think it's less of a nightmare now. But but I haven't actually. I rewrote that before releasing the beta for the third act. So it hasn't been tested on real real human beings. <laughs> so we'll see what they say. But the version I had before was like you just say. Hey, Dela, I, I, I'm kind of stuck. Do you have a hint? And she would say something, you know, and that was super challenging. You know, that was also based on the, you know, what are you working on? But uh, re- it could be really hard to, to, mm. uh, to, you know, I had to do a lot, do a le- lot more, more guesswork as to what is the player interested in uh, at this particular moment. Uh, so so I, I found it to be a lot easier to implement it. Like, okay, uh, basically pick one of your to-do items in this dialogue and tell me what what you want to to chat about yeah so when that was done you know then it's more or less you know like okay uh, checking what uh sometimes sometimes i have just one hint for that and sometimes i check like okay if the player is carrying this item say that if not that and sometimes i even have if you ask it more times you get you know uh, a better you know, more clearer explanation of the hint. Yeah. No, so yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But I think I think it's. Uh, I, I remember actually listening to your podcast and uh, you guys. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> what do we say now? <laughs> yeah, so, it's, so it's your fault. It's your fault. It was a nightmare. Oh, um, that also you, you actually you actually listened to us. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I didn't uh, know anybody actually listened to you know that yeah, t- took our advice on board. <laughs> yeah, because I was actually uh, thinking about like should it be in the in a menu or should it be more uh, uh, like uh, inside the story, so to speak? Should there be uh, like a uh, maybe a uh, psychic like you could go and ask questions inside the game you know but the more i thought of it I, one of you guys on the podcast um, uh, mentioned how 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 it feels actually better to do do it artificially through a menu like and i totally agree with that like okay now i'm not in the game but i'm also in the game sphere and uh at least i'm not on, on google or youtube you know so mm. so so, so I, I think I think that uh, that worked out. Yeah, not, well, thank you. You've, uh, I don't know which one it could have been me, but hey, look, I'll take the credit for it. I'm here for all game design uh, advice and suggestions. I've never made a game before, but uh, I have played any of them. Uh, now I know we are running past the hour mark, so if anybody in chat has any questions in the next uh, few minutes, uh, but just uh, then about nine more lives. Uh, William and Daniel and speak and we heard from Pontus with the in-game hint system and we spoke about accessibility. Uh, what about the puzzles in, in your game? Have you stuck to maybe, because I know some people say that the, uh, you know, the, the, the solutions or the hints should be in the game, like should be in the comments maybe from the characters or from the situation as well. Um, so what, what is your experience again with your game specific with nine more? Because I don't remember, I think when I played a demo, I, I, I didn't get anything to any, uh, many you puzzles, know, I think. There, there's um, one or two very simple ones in the demo, but mm, except I think I missed one. I think we missed one reference. I remember, but yeah, so go ahead, Daniel. But then it picks up very much after that. And I mean, puzzles was 
probably the thing we went back and forth on the most because William had a very clear, well, actually he can explain it. <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, puzzles are always challenging, right? So mm. the thing is, when we talked about accessibility, my fear is that people will play, they'll get stuck and they'll stop and they'll miss out on all the great stuff that's coming. You know, exactly. That would be yeah. so tragic. Right. Yeah. So when we talk about accessibility, there's a few things that we did. You know, we do signposting. So if there's a, a, an element, let's say there's a specific thing with a character, that dialogue option will remain there. You know, oh, you know, what can I give for in exchange? What is this exchange program about or whatever? So that remains there. So the, the player knows, okay, that's maybe something. Additionally, if there's things that are very pertinent in the world, it's not pixel hunting, really. If there's something that's important, it might be a zoom in screen, right? Just for a second or two, you can't do a lot. You just need to exit out, but you know it's something. Mm. Um, you know, and then we have a, um, uh, the characters themselves also talk. Like if you drop a, a, a thing on someone and it's relevant in the same sphere, he might say, oh, I don't want that, but you know, he might be interested, you know, so that's the other thing. And then the last thing we did was we have a hint book uh, or a, a notebook, right? Not a hint book. And in there, Cuddles keeps track of all the different threads going on. So as you play the game, things get populated there. So this is, you know, um, character Peanut. I met this grumpy guy outside. And then on the other side of the page, that gets populated as you play the game. And in non-story mode, that is just purely informative, you know, so it helps the player just understand what are the upcoming goals, what are the different states with all the characters and stuff, because we, the, the first part is pretty linear and not difficult, you know, and the second part is not difficult, but it's it spreads out, so you can go and do a lot of different things at a different time, and I want to make sure that players can actually still understand the different threads, you know, they don't lose track of it because it's important, it fits in with the whole story. If you play story mode, the hint that the notepad is still there, but it's a lot more direct in what Cuddles writes. You know, it's not doesn't necessarily give you the solution, but it says, oh, you know what? You know, cat A said A, B, and C, and I've got this thing, so let me go and take it there. So it's it's actually at the end of the, the day, your your hint book has got a bunch of stuff that you can click on and read through to to understand it. And depending on story mode, that's what you get. But I think it's just all about signposting. It's about helping the player make those connections, those neural connections, you know, in their mind going, oh, this, that, and that. And, you know, puzzle-wise, it's challenging. We, we haven't found that someone has gotten stuck on one specific puzzle. It's always been various puzzles, you know, not, not stuck, but people say, oh, this was challenging for me, but that was challenging. And then I asked him, but but how about this? Because someone else told me that was challenging. And I said, no, that was easy. You know, so it's, it's, it's a challenge to take that and quantify because your initial reaction is, your knee-jerk reaction is, oh, you know what, I need to do this. This is too difficult. I need to, um, you know, signpost this better. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we can only do what we can do um, and, and hope it's, it's good enough and people enjoy it and they don't get, like, like Pontus says, over that threshold of frustration mm. <laughs> and they stick with it you know but um you know uh, that that's always a challenge with the genre it's it's the mm. one we pick you know that's the <laughs> yeah. genre we pick and that's exactly what we sit with. it's kind of built into the this whole this whole thing yeah. but but uh i for me when i play one of these games i'm i'm accepting of that fact like i'm gonna get stuck sooner or later and uh 
<laughs> if it's there's no in hint system, I'll, I'll consult the walkthrough. That's and that's that's you know fine. For me, it's always you know if you if you uh, come back to the solution and I said, oh, sh- I should have I should have yeah. thought of that. Yeah. Then it's a, it was a good mm. puzzle. That's exactly. Yeah. If, yes. if the solution makes you go, oh, I should have seen that, then yeah. It's, it should never fine. feel unfair. It should never feel like the developer took you for a ride and you're like, how should I possibly have known that? <laughs> um, you know, because then we failed at what we were trying to do. You know, it's just the player needs to go, ah, uh, you yeah. know, I missed that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I guess that's the challenge to have the signposting just right. Like, mm. it, it, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> and like a built-in weakness, I think, of the, of the genre. Mm. I, I think I, it's very hard to get around that. And I think but, that's one part of it that the modern games can really try and improve upon is, you know, don't, don't fall back on the, the lazy puzzle design of, as you say, moon logic, but really make puzzles that work and that can empower a player to feel good about themselves instead of just being this thing they want to get past because it's so annoying and they don't know what to do and it makes no sense. But I, I struggle to understand the why there was moon logic in those early games. That was never fun for me. It was frustrating <laughs> as heck. I was like, why is this a thing? You know. So, uh, and I think that was just there to pad out gameplay to frustrate players and yeah, just to make it longer, play. to make the game yeah, longer. To make it longer. You know. And, and what are you doing there? You're wasting players' time. I mean, these are these are your 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 community, your people that love the product that really want to play that are invested. And what am I doing? I'm wasting their time. You know, artificially. So, so that whole thing is is very crazy to me. It goes yeah. so against, you know, what 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 Lee, we at least are trying to do. Yeah, I imagine it was also like uh, just the simplest way to do it. Like, uh, uh, you know, if you're, if you're pressed for time, it's yeah. easy to like, yeah, you have to add one more thing to this mix yeah, yeah. and like yeah, put uh, an onion in the chicken and throw it over the bridge, and then you know the magician appears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great, and thanks. it's also and it's so interesting with with puzzles. Like, uh, if if it feels, and that's something I I, I learned a lot, uh, and I'm trying to to make less of those uh, mistakes now. Like w- when working on this game, uh, I like it, it's so boring when puzzles feels too formulaic. Like like that. Like it's when it's too clear that it's like. That it's a ch- it feels like a chore doing mm. them, uh, and it's very uh, subjective what those might be. But uh, if you played the uh, what, what's it called, the Deponia game, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like the first uh, the first Deponia game uh, that I tried, starts out with one of those almost as a uh, almost as a like uh, tutorial mode, like you're you're stuck in one room and find stuff to uh, to put in this uh, in his uh, suitcase or whatever and so he so we can leave the the, the room something like that and it's like uh, you know there's a real risk of that like I mean because the whole for me the whole thrill of these games are like that the puzzles needs to be integrated into the story and as soon as it becomes this uh, like okay, check these boxes it's like it feels it's so i mean that's what it is mechanically but if that becomes obvious it feels like we're doing work like we're doing a chore exactly it feels like work yeah yeah 
and you know that's the thing why it's so valuable having Daniel because he's a writer and um, you know we would often have conversations throughout when we were building the story and stuff and and I and he would go oh but a b and c let's do this and this and I'm like that's great but where's the gameplay and you know the thing is it's it's good to have that sort of feedback because you can then merge those two um you know I, I totally agree with you the puzzles need to mesh within the world otherwise you're just doing busy work i mean go and play an mmo you know but you can do anything really as long as you make it interesting you know there's an example in our demo because our demo is relatively simple but um you know uh, cuddles has lost his um badge and he needs to find it now that sounds very meh but you know if you look at the backstory you know he tends to fall asleep on the couch and he naps there constantly and tabby so is sort of frustrated with him because he keeps on losing his things and he's like oh tabby i lost my badge where can i get it it's like have you been sniffing uh, have you been napping on the on the couch and he's like no i never nap i was studying or whatever and she's like you you snore a lot when you study you know so so you've now taken that sort of very mundane thing and, and you've wrapped a little nice enjoyable thing around it so i think that also does a lot of the heavy lifting but it can't do all of it you know your puzzles really need to fit into the world and with the characters and you know i think that's key and it, it adds to character development as well in your example there uh yeah. william but uh yeah actually another reason that i remember reading why the puzzles were so moon logicy uh back from especially sierra and lucas earth is so that they could sell their hint book separately <laughs> or could right. call the number that's as well a, there was a, a number you could a call reason. I remember I was playing was it was the lighthouse and um from Sierra I mean I was I was a kid I, I mean I didn't know what was going on I mean I, I I and I struggled and I remember seeing the number on the box and I thought this is amazing this is like a phone I can just I can just phone the publisher and ask the questions <laughs> <laughs> I racked up my parents phone bill but it was you know, I think you're absolutely right. I never realized. That's what I believe it was a Ken Williams said in his book or Sean Mills said in the other book that he wrote about Sierra that Sierra made more money from selling their hint books than their games. Oh, uh, it's one of the I mean, books that... It's, so, it's the same today, isn't it? I mean, Disney makes more money from toys than from the movies they make. Yeah, probably, yeah. Like, you know, Star Wars with, uh, you know, Baby Yoda, I imagine. Well, you know, it's not really Baby Yoda, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so I think that's one reason, which thankfully, I, I do think in general, I think that the puzzles and gameplay has uh, improved overall in games and adventure games. And um, I think what I would say is that a game would probably have to have some gameplay elements to um to attract us um but yeah no definitely a fascinating discussion there i know we're over the hour but just the final question that i wanted to ask you guys is um you know where, where do you guys think that the adventure genre will go in in future do you think could be i mean i know you're making games now so hopefully the present and the future you'll be involved as well it'll be good but where do you think it'll it'll go into uh, in in the future because i know we have like we're getting older we have less time uh do you think that maybe our children or players children or developers children will will play it or will it continue playing first person shooters or will the adventure genre change maybe to more narrative or go back to puzzles or I don't know, will VR be a thing? This is a lot of questions. So I'll just leave it. Where, where do you see the future of the of the genre um, as, as it is now? Um, I don't know if anybody has any thoughts. You know, I thought I'd leave the most difficult question for last. Wow. 
Uh, it's a big one. Yeah, <laughs> so we could have, another, one. could have another long discussion, but um, I suppose there's no ro- right or wrong answer to this, but just I suppose in general, uh, what are your guys' thoughts about the future of the genre? <laughs> well, I mean, one for me, I think that, you know, the the thing is, it's an unfortunate reality that people's frustration and their attention levels are shortened. And I think that the point-and-click adventure game, I think that, you know, going forward, there'll always be a dedicated community of people that really enjoy that sort of stuff. But, you know, I do wonder, it'll never hit the mainstream things that Call of Duties have and all of Mm. that, because that's immediate, you know, feedback and immediate. But I, I, I don't know. I hope, my hope is that it continues to have a dedicated base and that might grow as people discover these games. And maybe there's a resurgence in that sense, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be a Call of Duty mm. uh, amount of players. It's just simply something, a very unique sort of experience that people enjoy. And I, I think it'll remain that. And I think that as people fall in love with these characters and these worlds and these things that, that you know, it'll inspire other people to make the same sort of experience. I think in one way, one thing you mentioned, Shosh, of the talking about how the narrative element of these things. I think, in a way, the point-and-click genres are really bifurcated into subsets that are purely narrative-focused, and these days they call them either visual novels or walking simulators, because those are, like we said earlier, essentially point-and-click games without the puzzles. I mean, that's really all they are. Mm. So, if you treat those two as subsets of point and click then the genre's never been healthier frankly <laughs> it just so happens that the parts that the part of it that involves puzzles is only is still kind of getting its its groove back after its long hiatus um so yeah i mean i think we might see maybe start seeing some more crossover so we'll start seeing maybe walking simulators coming back with some more puzzles or i mean visual novels can do all kinds of crazy stuff of their own so who knows but i think the interplay between those kinds of uh, games and vastly different ones. I mean, an FPS point and click, is it possible? Who knows? Someone will try mm. it eventually. Probably, um, 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 who's the guy that did Return of the Obra Dinn? Uh, Lucas Pope. I was thinking of Lucas him, Pope. actually. <laughs> if, if anyone's going to try and do it, it's him. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I, 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 I don't personally have any ideas that feel like they could work, but I hope someone tries to make a really crazy point and click out of a mishmash of stuff that previously would have been considered heresy, you know? Mm. Chuck it in there. Let's 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 make it. See, let's... Well, a couple of years ago, Disco Elysium was released, which oh, is kind of like, oh, is it yeah. an RPG? What point and click game. adventure game. It's kind of like an RPG with no combat and it has dialogue and so it's like well look it's it's an adventure game it's good it's kind of like we don't know what it is but kind of like a mishmash of you know rpg yeah Yeah. i I mean i specifically want more of that company to make just that for the rest (laughs) of the time because it's incredible but more stuff like that i mean Mm. take the fundamentals of the genre finding items talking to people solving puzzles and make an incredible world with it and it just elevates everything Yeah. yeah yeah There's also the the clan man. Uh, yes, was the game. Uh, is it clan man two? I, I think yeah, I'm not sure There's if it's one, even released. It's not. Re- excuse me. It's not released. <coughs> excuse me. It's not released yet. But I spoke with 
the developer. He has a demo out. And yeah, it's very interesting. If you like Disco Elysium, I would recommend that you try this because Sand. it's kind of okay. Clam Man. It's, a, it's another comedy adventure. And it's very, very funny. It's kind of like using what Disco Elysium did. Now, the story in the setup is completely different. Uh, it looks similar with the dialogue on the right-hand side, but you're basically playing a clam who wants to be a comedian. <laughs> so it's still very different, and it's very, very funny, and I can't wait for that game as well. So you have to just quit mention Pontus. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because th th they really took it uh, to interesting places in, like, because now we're more in the point-and-click uh, realm than... Uh, Disco Elysium, because mm. now now it's like it's all very like uh, you know graphically it feels very point and clicky and and if I recall it was like if you've done stuff uh, you know you have stats like like mm. an RPG like uh, and if you have achieved enough uh, sarcasm if your your sarcasm level yes, is high enough yes. then you can pick this option <laughs> or you can't otherwise you can't. <laughs> With the so jokes, yeah, that's a very that's a very interesting merge between those two worlds. So yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to, to no, seeing. No, me how... too. It's very very original. Yeah. Um, but uh, so uh, well, I think um, well, first of all, before we wrap up, uh, now we will include the links in, uh, well, in the description when I put the video up and in the podcast. But uh, for people listening now or watching, where can people find you guys and find out more about your game? So I suppose, well, Daniel and William first. Our website is nnlgame.com, um, and that's got links to most of our other stuff, our Twitter, our YouTube, and so on. And uh, yeah, we're on Steam. You just search Nine Our Lives, and we'll be there. And of course, our Discord community, you guys can join us there. We have daily cat pictures. There are a lot of cat pictures. <laughs> really, like every day. And we have, we have a great community there. You know, we have channels, 3D printing and game chat and cat chat and the Tickety Club. So join us there. I mean, it's a really great community. You'll, you'll feel right at home. Yeah, no, I, I can I can safely say that as well. I, I know I'm not as active as I should be because of time, but definitely I do scroll through and it's a really, really nice welcoming community and fun as well. So mm. uh, definitely recommend people join that. And, uh, and Pontus, where can people find out more about your game? Yeah, so the website is warmkitten.com. And uh, there's uh, actually also uh, put up a Discord. So warmkitten.com slash Discord. Uh, warmkitten.com slash Twitter slash Steam. It's, it's all there, basically. So everyone is very welcome to, to uh, join in the, uh, the slash Discord discussion. It's a. Uh, it's been a really. It was my first, uh, you know, attempt at uh, starting Discord. You know, I had never used it. Uh, much like the uh, Instagram, someone said you got to have a Discord, and I was like, mm. oh, okay, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> but it was great. It turned out to be great. So much help with with beta testing and uh, and uh, you know like. Uh, uh, and it's it's a new experience for me to actually building a game that that at least some people care about. <laughs> you know, most yeah, indie devs build games that no yeah. one no one cares about. You know, uh, at, or at least it feels that way. So I've I've had uh, I really really enjoy uh, having like a little community to 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 run things by. 
yeah definitely so i'd recommend people check that out as well so warm kitten and your game again it's just in whack and the big time hack there you go <laughs> yes <laughs> never get tired of saying it now it's, um, it's, of course that's a homage to to uh, uh, zach mccracken and the alien mindbender <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's uh, i mean i i love the title and it because it's also it, it rhymes as well it kind of uh you know makes me more curious to to know <laughs> um as well um well thank you so much i know we've gone well over the hour before we finish is there anything else that you guys would like to mention or cover or say uh very briefly to people watching and or listening uh anything that you guys would like to say we can start william and daniel anything i know i'll put you all on the spot but Uh, (laughs) this is your time to shine (laughs) if you you own any cats go hug them right now yeah. Yes. I mean, I've got a cat right here that's sleeping, so I'm going to hug her. I've reached over several times, but I think, Sersha, maybe just thank you for you for giving us the opportunity and the exposure. You know, we're, we're small guys that we're doing a little thing that we owe people love, and, you know, it really helps. It helps that people can see it, they can join the community. Mm. So maybe just thank you as well. Well, thank you guys, because Absolutely. this was... Thank you. No, this was something that, you know, I was just starting. I mean, I'm starting, I'm still learning how to do video. <laughs> I haven't really done it before. So thank you guys for uh, agreeing to to appear. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and, and Pontus, you want to say anything to people watching or listening as well? Uh, uh, also, pet your cats. I got one sleeping <laughs> behind me here. Oh, you also have one. I, I, I feel like actually... that. I don't... My my grandmother in Spain has a cat who I'm going to see oh. hopefully very soon. Okay. Uh... First thing you say to her is hug your cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we, we go now. How much cats like being hugged, right? Oh, absolutely. No, he he hissed at me because I was just stroking him, and he just hissed at me, and I jumped back. I was like, oh wow, but they say we still love him. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, well, no, thank you so much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, we can do it again. Hopefully, we hopefully we can meet in person very soon. Now, um, I I know. I think I told you, Pontus, because you bought me a drink at Adventure X last time, and I think I said I owe you one next time. Then COVID happened, uh, so <laughs> I know <laughs> I know I still owe you that drink. So hopefully, oh. some Adventure X or somewhere else we can meet. And the same with you guys, William and Daniel. If we meet either in Adventure X or in South Africa, I still want to go to, uh, go there and sure. um, and meet you guys uh, in person. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to to your games, uh, Nine World Eyes and Justin Whack and a Big Time Hack. Um, I've been following progress for the last couple of years, and it's great to see the progress you guys are making. And uh, yeah, I'll certainly be reviewing the games on the podcast when they're out. Um, so thank you, and thank you to people watching and people listening. And uh, hopefully do some more of these. So I uh, hope uh, everyone and you guys take care as well with COVID. Hopefully we're reaching the final stretch now of COVID if it can just go away and just let us get back to our lives. But yeah, thank you so much, uh, Daniel, William and Pontus. And we will keep in touch. Absolutely. Great meeting you guys. So that was my roundtable discussion with Pontus Wittenmark and Silvernose Studios. I hope you really enjoyed that. And uh, hopefully we might do something like that again, maybe next year uh, we can see, because I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but a huge thank you to Pontus Wittenmark and the guys from Silver Note Studios 
I really, really enjoyed this discussion. And uh, so the game, just a whack and a big time hack, should be out about now, uh, if you're listening. And so it's available on Steam, at least. So we'll be hoping reviewing that soon. And uh, Nine World Lives is, should also be out right about now, um, or very soon as well. So we'll be reviewing that game for the podcast as well. So, uh, so thanks as always for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, next time. I'll be back with Thomas and Laura as we'll be reviewing the latest adventure games that we've been playing. And uh, yeah, so until then, take care, everyone. Goodbye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you